Welcome to Be The Scandal, the sacred rebellion of being your authentic self. I'm your host, Danny Hickman. There are so many things to say about grief. It feels honestly a little overwhelming to decide where to start for this episode, but I guess maybe that's where I start, that grief is overwhelming. It can feel so big some days that it feels like it's going to swallow you whole, or it feels like it will never go away and feels like it is just too big that you can't even fathom the idea of processing it. And quickly in other moments, for me, it feels like whispers of grief. It feels like just that reminder of the loss. It's not something that's really overwhelming, but it's just something that is always present with me. I already know there's going to be a lot more episodes on grief, because unfortunately, whether I like it or not, I have become an expert in grief through work with my clients over the last two years, and work with myself as I navigate my own grief. The past few years have been marked with loss. There is no person that has been left untouched by grief. Whether you've experienced a loved one or a friend dying, the death of a pet, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, the loss of a life you used to know, the person that you used to be or you thought you would be, we've all experienced significant loss these last few years. And with this experience of loss comes this question, how do we support ourselves and those people we love when they're grieving? And this is a really great question because grief is one of those emotions that we are trying to run away from. It's not something that we are welcoming with open arms. It's not something that a lot of us are talking about, and it's not something that we're prepped for until it happens to us. What I found through my work as a psychotherapist and in my own grieving process is the best medicine for grief is attunement, actually taking the intentional time to be present with what's coming up for you. We've all had those conversations with someone and you left leaving feeling hurt, like that person really understood how you were feeling, even if they hadn't gone through the same experience. This is attunement. It's the energy of presence to support someone in feeling seen, heard, and held, especially in moments of emotional pain. Most of our traumas are moments where we experience a big emotional reaction and we were alone in it, whether alone in the traumatic experience or alone in the processing in our emotions about it. And grief is no exception to this. I remember connecting with a friend recently and her asking me how I've been, what's been going on, asking, you know, why haven't I heard from you? And I remember just thinking, well, I've been really sad. (laughs) I've been grieving. I'm actually kind of having a hard time. And I said a version of, well, I've been having a hard time. And she asked, well, what's going on? And I just remember thinking, well, my dad died. (laughs) Well, my life has changed significantly. And even as I'm saying these words now, I can feel the emotion. I can feel that sadness starting in my chest and just moving upward into my throat. It feels like hands are around my throat. And I just remember thinking, wow, (laughs) grief just doesn't necessarily go away. But our ability to be present in it and our capacity to hold it just gets bigger. The beauty of being human is that our bodies know how to heal and process grief. All we need to do is give it the space to do what it knows how to do. And then as we allow our bodies to process these waves of grief, because sometimes that's what it feels like, we also need support from our village. Grief isn't fully healed in isolation. Our grief deserves to be honored and witnessed by those people we trust. There is so much healing that happens when we invite others into our grieving experience. 
The focus of this episode today is how you can begin holding space for yourself in your own grief. And then when needed, it will help you be able to hold safe space for those around you that need emotional support too. I believe we can only hold space for others to the degree to which we know how to be present in our own emotional pain. So if you don't know how to be present in your own grief, it'll be difficult for you to be present with someone you love when they're processing. Just like I know you've had conversations with people when you really felt heard, I know that you've probably had the opposite of these conversations. When someone, for whatever reason, couldn't be present with you in your emotional pain. In these moments, a lot of codependent ways of coping comes into the conversation. Things like trying to fix it or trying to emotionally bypass how you're actually feeling by saying things to you like, well, everything happens for a reason, or it will be okay, or they're in a better place now. Or maybe the person is trying to problem solve. When we know if you're experiencing grief, you can't really problem solve grief. All you might need in that moment is for someone to sit in the suck with you and acknowledge that it makes sense that you're feeling this way. Someone who's willing to listen, not say anything, and hold you if you need it. This is attunement, and we want to offer it to ourselves so that we can process our grief and so we can offer it to others. Before diving into my four tips for processing grief, I want to be clear and say this. What we're trying to do through attunement is give your system space to process emotions in the way that it knows how, without blocking the process. You are your own biggest obstacle when it comes to processing emotional pain. We're wired to move toward those things that bring us pleasure and away from the things that bring us pain, so grief is not something we're actively running toward. Our system presents a lot of coping skills to cope with the bigness of grief. Things like avoidance, distraction, stuffing, trying to understand it logically. We can get really creative as humans with the ways we try to avoid our emotions. I know for me, whenever grief is showing up, I go into control mode and I try to control everything and I become really rigid. And usually after I release that, I have a big old ugly cry after the fact. And then I realize, oh, that was grief this whole time. This can feel difficult because a lot of our coping skills are unconscious, which simply means our system employs these coping skills without us thinking about it. It's like the emotional pain is a tripwire and employs the coping skill. So feeling grief? Oh, throw yourself into work. Don't want to cry? Don't worry. Call your friend and talk about their problems. I could go on and on with the coping skills, but I think you get the point. Here's the thing. The ways we protect ourselves from emotional pain aren't inherently bad. But when they're out of balance and blocking us from processing our emotional pain, then we have a problem. In these moments, we're turning our pain into suffering by keeping ourselves actually stuck in our grief stuck in something our body knows how to process. So, like I said earlier, this is an episode to give you tips on how to attune to yourself and create the space within yourself to intentionally process your emotions and let them move through your body in the way that they're needing so this energy can actually be released. And like I mentioned earlier, I don't feel like grief necessarily gets smaller. I just feel like our capacity to hold and process our grief gets bigger. And through these tips, you can widen your window of tolerance for grief. Now let's chat about how you can nourish yourself and your emotions. Tip number one is acknowledge your emotions. When we recognize and acknowledge what is present for us in the moment, we give our emotions permission to exist. When something exists, it can then be processed. When we act like our emotions don't exist, this leaves no room to process because what is there to process? I know this seems like a rather simple tip, but it's radical. Think of all of the ways you act like your emotions don't exist. We stuff them, ignore them, get mad at them for popping up. But tip number one is to acknowledge the truth of your moment. 
I like to do this by doing a simple body scan, starting with my head and working downwards all the way to my toes, noticing any tightness, tension, or sensation calling for my attention. This is bringing presence into our experience and asking what part of me is asking for my attention right now. And I'm not going to lie to you because I care about you, but this sucks. This really can suck sometimes because what it's asking for our attention is deep emotional pain. Sometimes it'll be clear that it's an emotion like, Ooh, I feel like crying. Like earlier in the episode, I could feel the tears welling up behind my eyes and my throat tightening. And I knew, Oh, okay. I feel sad. This is grief. But other times it might not be as clear. You might just be feeling extreme tightness in your chest and that's as far as you can get to labeling it. And that is okay. I personally am less worried about you identifying the actual emotion that is present and labeling it as such than I am to just bringing presence and awareness to what's happening in your system. I invite you to not get caught up in identifying the emotion. If this feels hard to simply acknowledge, ooh, I'm feeling tightness in my chest, or ooh, I'm feeling like there's a ball in my throat, or ooh, I'm feeling a pain in my back. Something I love to do is when I'm feeling some sensation in my body, tightness, tension, whatever it might be, I love to use my hands and connect with this body part. For me, this really feels anchoring and acknowledging of the sensation that's there. I feel like it's communicating the energy of, okay, I see you, I'm connecting with you. So to summarize, tip number one, let's recognize what is asking for our attention and what is actually happening in our system. Tightness, tension, sensation, emotion. Moving on to tip number two, even though I've already named it in my description of tip one, it's giving your emotions permission to exist. We're already acknowledging our emotions and the next step is saying a version of you can be here. By employing all of our distractions, avoidance, and other techniques, we're not telling our emotions they can be there. We're literally saying, get out of here. Can you move along a little faster? I really love to use this visualization. I think it's helpful for me to really understand this concept is I want you to imagine that your emotions, sensations, or whatever is present is knocking on your front door and you open the door and greet the emotion like, hi, tension in my chest. You can be here. Now, this doesn't mean we necessarily have to like it. I don't love feeling grief, but... I give it permission to exist. And this might feel triggering for you. And if it feels like too much right now, that's okay. Just notice what it feels like in your system as I give this invitation. What I like to do when I'm experiencing emotions in my body is say a version of, it's okay, you can be here. And then I like to take it a step further by adding, you can also get as big as you need and say as long as you need to stay. Now, if hearing those words is making a part of you go, wait, what? just notice that. I mean, gosh, years ago, if I would have given myself this advice, I would be like, girl, I am not going to do that. That is the worst idea. This is literally what I'm trying to avoid. But what I will say, although it took me some time to feel safe in doing this and providing this invitation, I really had to learn how to trust myself and my ability to process my own emotions. Part of this process is just taking time and being present with your emotions because we're widening that window of tolerance for what emotions you can be present in and for how long. But I also want to share a few tips with you that could really support in your processing and being present with whatever is here. The first is adding bilateral stimulation when you're processing, which simply means we're getting both hemispheres of your brain online to help facilitate more rapid and intentional processing. This could look like doing a butterfly hug, crossing your arms across your chest and alternating taps on each arm, or alternatively tapping on your legs, walking in place, 
I personally love using bilateral sound and would recommend an EMDR brain spotting playlist because these playlists are designed for processing. At this point, when I'm feeling big emotions, I'm putting my headphones in and I'm listening to some bilateral sound. Another tip I'll give is adding a visualization with the words, you can get as big as you need to and stay as long as you need to stay. What I like to do, and I got this from my therapist in a session one time, was I like to imagine myself out in the universe, surrounded by the vastness of space, stretching farther than I could imagine. I can't even see how far it goes. And I invite my emotion or sensation to get as big as it needs to get, even if it needs to get bigger than me, because the universe can hold it. This is really valuable in those moments when we feel like, oh, my grief is so big. There's no way I can process it. And we feel a little helpless. I love leaning on the support of the universe and saying, yeah, it feels really big for my body. But if it needs to get bigger than me, the universe has my back. Then I just add my bilateral and give the emotion space to do what it wants to do. When we're processing our emotions, I want you to think of it like a wave. It will get more intense and peak, and then it will drop down to a lower intensity. We're learning how to be present and feel safe riding the emotional wave. So just notice if a part of you doesn't trust that or is like, I don't know, Danny. And I really want to offer that part of you love and compassion because if you have a part coming up and saying that, I would probably say there were times when you felt big emotions and you didn't feel supported, you didn't feel regulated, you didn't feel safe in the processing of this emotion. This moves us into tip number three, and it's just being curious. And I want you to hear this. This curiosity is not with the intention to move the emotion faster or process faster. It is to bring more presence into the processing. Because the more present we are, the deeper we can actually process. We're also used to running away from our emotions or trying to make them go away as fast as we can make them. But our emotions and sensations hold a lot of wisdom for us. There's an opportunity in our processing to alchemize our pain into potent wisdom for moving forward. When we're curious, we can get information about our need and what the sensation is trying to communicate. I love asking a variation of this question directly to my emotion or sensations. I literally imagine the sensation sitting across from me And I ask a version of, if you could speak in words, what would you say? Or is there anything you would like to tell me? I invite you to not force the questioning. Sometimes being curious is simply noticing what's happening as your body is processing the emotion. This is just another way to add presence into your processing experience. We're inviting in compassion and gentleness into this experience. It doesn't matter if you get an answer with your curious questions. We're simply opening the door if anything wants or needs to come through. We deepen our curiosity in tip number four by asking the emotion a version of what do you need to feel safe or how can I support you? And sometimes we get direct answers, things like, well, let me cry, hold me, don't leave me. Things that we probably needed when we were younger and feeling big emotions that we didn't get. Or maybe you might get an answer of, I don't know, and that's okay too. If this is an answer that comes up, I invite you to say a version of this to yourself. It's okay to not know right now. And then I invite you to think of a young child that's feeling the same emotion as you. How would you support them? Would you just be with them, hold them, allow whatever the attuned, supportive responses to come to mind? Then I invite you to envision offering yourself this thing. If it's holding yourself, for example, imagine in whatever way feels authentic, holding yourself while you're experiencing this emotion without any expectation or judgment. We are simply supporting whatever comes up. 
Now, I know this is a quick overview of Emotional Processing 101, but this is a great place to get started. In this process, you're supporting yourself in processing your emotional pain, but what you're also doing is showing yourself unconditional love, which is foundational for deepening your self-worth. I want to end by saying this. I've decided to see my grief as sacred. I see that my deep heartache reminds me of my great capacity to love. And I want to show up for myself in those moments to honor my pain and also honor my deep love for those people and things I'm grieving. And in those moments when I'm trying to rush the grieving process or I'm trying to get it to go away or I'm frustrated with it, I just remind myself this grief is here because it needs to be seen, held, and witnessed. And in the words of the late, great Mark Hickman, I invite you to keep moving forward. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Be The Scandal. If you like what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so that you can join in on the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self.